Episode 156, 10 Shocking Predictions About Driverless Cars. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. Welcome to The Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. I'm your host, Dale Dixon, alongside Jason Jennings, and this week, a special guest, Thomas Fry, futurist speaker from the Da Vinci Institute. Jason, I'll let you take it away. Uh, well, let me set it up this way. A number of years ago, I was tremendously influenced by Thomas's book, but Two or three months ago, Dale, uh, I, I got a newsletter from Thomas in my email inbox, and uh, I, I I read it, and I went, this is some of the most incredible information I've ever read about autonomous vehicles, and I thought, I want to talk to him. I, I think the way you set uh, Thomas Fry up is uh, the way the media refers to him. They call him the father of invention, and they call him the dean of futurists. And a couple of months ago, Thomas and I had an opportunity to spend a few minutes together, and I said, I, I can't wait until we get to do this this show. Thomas, before we begin today and before we get into driverless autos and uh, some of the shocking predictions about them and the impact it's going to have on us, take a couple of minutes and familiarize our, our viewers and our listeners with the Da Vinci Institute. Um, yeah, the Da Vinci Institute is based in Westminster, Colorado. It's a futurist think tank that we started 20 years ago. And um, um, so we we pride ourselves in being visionary doers, not just talking about the future that we're actually experimenting and trying new things. So we're trying to understand um, kind of the lifestyle of tomorrow. And we, we have our own co-working space. We've experimented with um, um, what I call uh, um, the, the, the college of the future, which is uh, we're, we're doing these short courses. So we think that um, – um, people are going to have to retrain and reskill quickly because jobs are moving, uh, are going away. They're disappearing. And it's not total jobs that are going away. It's tasks that are going away. And as the tasks go away, then we need fewer people to do these things. So how do we reskill people fast enough? And these micro colleges that we've been pioneering are going to go off in a thousand different directions. And uh, I think that's going to change the world. And, and you're also, I understand, a very frequent speaker. My my sister, who's the head of HR for a health insurance company, saw you not long ago, and she said he knocked it out of the park. So it sounds like you've got a busy speaking schedule as well. Yeah, I, I actually, last year I was in 11 different countries, and so this coming year I think it'll be even more. It's, uh, it's a crazy, busy travel schedule, so I, I have a lot of fun. Each of these trips is a huge adventure for me. And you know what? After 10 million miles and 1,200 keynote speeches over the past 17 years around the world, I feel the exact same way about it. I have as much enthusiasm when I set off an adventure today as, as I did at the beginning. Um, before we get into shocking predictions uh, about driverless uh, vehicles, uh, I, I understand that you and your wife, uh, and I didn't know this before, were, were in a uh, an auto accident which led to your interest in sussing out this subject? Well, I was um, uh, I was already studying uh, driverless cars, and but I, I was actually scheduled down in Austin, Texas, to speak for the Texas Transportation Forum, and I was in a in a car accident the night before, 
and uh, and that's when I went on stage and said, "Well, if you actually had driverless cars, we we wouldn't have had that accident." So, <laughs> right, uh, and so that that kind of drove it home for me. Um, but when you start doing the math on on how much we spend repairing people after car accidents, this yes. is a huge number. Um, the five hundred million dollars a year, half a trillion dollars we spend fixing people after car accidents. That's that's a big number. It is, and and so we're not going to be able to get into all twenty five uh, shocking predictions. But I will tell our viewers and listeners that each one of the twenty five predictions are shocking. And at the end of the podcast, we'll tell you how to access the the original newsletter, the original information, so you can become familiar with all. But what we've asked Thomas to do is to come up with. 10 of the biggest shocking predictions uh, about uh, driverless vehicles. And Thomas, before you begin this, there was just a big article in the Wall Street Journal this morning and the San Francisco Chronicle that General Motors plans to have completely autonomous taxis on the road in a number of cities. Get this, the beginning of 2019. This is coming. This is happening. This is not, this is not science fiction. Absolutely. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, we've, with every new technology, we got to work our way through the crappy stages. So, uh, And we have to develop a trust factor. So not everybody trusts getting into a car that doesn't have a driver. Not yet. It'll take a, a little while before we get there. But eventually, it'll be just like um, uh, as common as uh, walking in the front door of your house. That, um, so it'll take a while to get used to it, but I I can't wait till it can all happen the way we think it will. Let me tell you what I've got in front of me. I have a blank piece of paper numbered 1 through 10. Dale's got the same piece of paper numbered 1 through 10. I've got a pen in my hand. <clears throat> I'm all set to begin, become your student now. Let's run okay. down the list. From your list, let's run down 1 through 10, 10 shocking predictions about driverless vehicles. Well, let's start first with um, this idea of Let's say 10 years from now, you step out in front of your house, you pull out your smartphone, you punch in, I want to go to work, I want to go to school, I want to go shopping. Um, uh, a driverless vehicle comes and picks you up, takes you to where you want to go from there, picks somebody else up and takes them to where we want to go. We transition from a just-in-case mindset, I have a car in my garage just in case I need to go somewhere, to a just-in-time mindset. And right in that line of thinking, then suddenly we no longer have to own our own vehicles. And so if we don't own our own vehicles, that starts changing the dynamics in a big way. Uh, now, that'll take a number of years. We have 273 million registered vehicles in the United States. But once we have cars that are picking people up and dropping them off, that single car can put on as many as 1,000 miles in a single day. And so that means after 10 months, that car has 300,000 miles on it. So what's the life expectancy of these driverless cars? We don't really know yet, but there's going to be a whole lot of wear and tear on that car. And so they could wear out in less than a year. Mm -hmm. uh, the average car today is on the road, I think, 12.4 years or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so having cars that wear out in less than a year, that's a, that's a totally different dynamic than what most people were imagining. Okay. Next. Um, autonomous cars are going to, uh, a fully autonomous car will replace 30 traditional cars. That's, that's a big number. Um, wow. So when you think about the average car today gets used 4% of the day. It's sitting in garages, it's sitting in parking lots, and it's not being used. And so 
uh, it's a huge waste of resources. So if we can share these these resources, we can all use them, then the cars are at the right place at the right time. We have to have these operating systems working and functioning the way they need to. But uh, once we do that, then then one car will replace 30 traditional cars. That's uh, the cost of transportation then just plummets. Wow. Uh, and so we we did the math on this. And we calculated out that a city of a million people um, can can have just 15,000 autonomous cars will replace 50% of peak rush hour traffic. Um, peak rush hour traffic is between 7.30 and 8.30 in the morning. The average commute is roughly 22 minutes. And so then it, it actually, the, the math works out. So just a fleet of 15,000 cars will replace 50% of peak rush hour traffic for a million people. So, um, so, so let me ask you, what, what, what happens then? What happens to, um, and, and maybe we're going to get to it in uh, your upcoming points, but, but what happens to parking garages in cities? Uh, what happens to uh, automobile dealerships? What happens to gasoline service stations? What, 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 what's going to happen to all of this real estate? Yeah, lots of this starts going away. You see, uh, 14% of Los Angeles is parking lots. Um, <laughs> wow. Lots of high-priced real estate is suddenly going to come up for grabs. Um, we're going to have to figure out what to do with all of these uh, parking garages that we're building. Uh, so when we look at uh, an airport as an example, the average airport in the United States, 41% of the income comes from parking and transportation services. Um, so as we are able to just have the cars drop everybody off, then suddenly all of this revenue that the airports have been relying on is starts to disappear and go away. Now, they'll have to figure out some other revenue streams, but that starts to change. Now, what do we do with all these giant parking garages at airports? I think if you can um, come up with a solution for that, I think the, the cities will give you the key to the kingdom. I've, I've been pushing the idea of, of uh, urban agriculture, I think. Yes. That would work out. Well, <laughs> tell us more. Give us, give, 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 give us more. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here. I just, I, I love this. Yeah. Well, by within ten years, um, we'll have uh, cars, cars that can go a thousand miles on a single charge. So most of these will be electric vehicles, and. Um, and the electric vehicles then will cut the noise of a city uh, dramatically. Um, we'll still have the the friction from the tires on the road and everything, but um, you won't have all the the, the sounds of uh, revving of engines and everything. So the noise levels will plummet. Uh, I, I think that's uh, just going to be remarkable in that our, the city experience will change dramatically just because of that um uh so 80 84% of the cars on the road today just have one person in them and uh, the people who own most of these cars are going to be owned by fleet owners yes. and the fleet owners, we don't know for sure who they're going to be. It could be Hertz or Avis. It could be General Motors or Ford. It could be Uber or Lyft, or it could be some new players, but whoever the fleet owners are, uh, they're going to have huge influence on how cars are designed. And when you start thinking about car design, 
if 86% of the cars on the road only have one person in them, um, then why do we have to have two-person vehicles um, mm-hmm. to save money? We just squeeze it down so it's just a one-person vehicle. Now, this will still be a very convenient vehicle. We can go long distances. We can summon a vehicle. We can drive 10 hours uh, across the country. We can play video games, watch movies. We can be very productive, or we can just lay back and sleep. But we can get that at any time that we want and just take off. Now, as um, as we we have this uh, ability to do that, then um, if it's easier to get across town, we'll do more of it. Um, mm-hmm. Once traveling becomes easier, we'll just do more of it. Um, I, I know a lot of people love to drive, but I don't know anybody that loves to drive during rush hour. Right. Uh, that's that's painful. That's a, a painful experience. So we, we're, we're going to, to change some, a lot of those things. So as this comes into play, then we start getting this feel for, oh, we have these new capabilities. We can go any place at any time that we need to. We can be productive while we're driving rather than having to focus on the road and fo- pay attention to everything. And then suddenly this idea of location doesn't matter as much because we're not paying attention to everything around us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the people have paid a lot of money to get this particular corner because there's lots of good traffic there. And suddenly that doesn't mean as much anymore because you punch into your car where you're going and it wakes you up when you get there and you didn't notice all the stuff that happened along the way. So uh, so then we lose our uh, kind of our reference points. And so location will still matter, but it'll matter differently. It'll It'll matter less in a lot of respects. So that's that's another changing aspect of this. And 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 you said at the at the top of the podcast, and I want to make sure I had the number right. That we spend, did you say five hundred billion a year to fix people who have been injured in automobile accidents? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is a big number. Five hundred, um, half a trillion dollars a year. That's um, four point four million injuries a year. Um, and so it's. Um, what is it? One out of every uh, six dollars in the healthcare industry. One out of every five dollars. Something like that. It's it's a big number that goes away, and so the healthcare industry gets um, is going to take a big hit as a result. Nobody's sorry to see that go, right? But uh, but it does change the dynamics of the healthcare industry. But but you are talking about. Uh, as, as I read your original twenty five shocking predictions, I was thinking we are completely reshuffling. The deck here. Uh, uh, We're going to be completely reshuffling the deck in retail. We're going to be completely reshuffling the deck in healthcare. We're going to be completely reshuffling the deck in terms of sources of revenues for cities and municipalities with their vast parking garages and airports. I mean, the whole whole deck is going to be... The way I look at it is this is the most disruptive technology in all history. I think it was more disruptive than the invention of the wheel, the invention of electricity, even the invention of the car itself, because it will disrupt the lives of more people in a shorter period of time than anything else. Um, All the driver jobs start to go away. And it's not just the driver jobs. Um, We'll start seeing the car washes go away, the the brake shops, the tire shops, all of the um, uh, auto parts stores, even the dealerships start to dwindle. Um, uh, gas stations start to go away. Um, there's, you know, 700,000 cars stolen every year in the United States. You know, a driverless car, you can't steal it. Right. Uh, um, 
I mean, Hollywood's going to hate driverless cars because it eliminates the chase scene in movies. Yeah, so it's no longer exciting. To <laughs> so there, there's lots of funny, funny parts to this. I mean, if I no longer have to drive my own car, then I don't. Uh, if I don't have a car, then I can take my garage, I can remodel it, and turn it into an Airbnb rental. Um, I can make extra money that way. Uh, I, I know that Dale's got a couple of questions for you. We want to hear a couple more shocking predictions. But I want to ask you this question. Uh, it was just 10 years ago this year uh, that uh, the first iPhone uh, was unveiled to the world. Uh, just consider what's happened in those 10 years right. and, and the billions of people around the world who are using smartphones. And you and I know... 10 years goes by that quickly. Let right. me ask you this. I About two years ago, I was up in Idaho giving the closing keynote presentation um, at a conference of uh, 100 leading uh, design uh, and architectural firms in the country. And I got there a little bit before my speech, and they had on the heads of the highway departments from Texas, California, Illinois, and somebody from the University of Texas in Austin who's revered as some kind of an expert in autonomous vehicle technology. I can't think of his name. And they were doing a panel discussion. So I got there, and I, I heard the panel discussion. And, I mean, I was blown away by it. I mean, I heard some numbers back then a couple of years ago that they believe within 10 years that, that, that there was like a huge number of vehicles that could already be autonomous vehicles. What, what, is this going to happen like the iPhone and the Android happen? Once it starts happening, it's going to happen that quickly? Um, I don't think it can move quite that fast because um, changing out cars is um, uh, is it's going to be a much slower pace. I'm I've been telling everybody this will happen over the next two to three decades. Um, we have a hundred two hundred and seventy three million registered vehicles. That's a lot of hardware. Um, people are still making payments on cars. They're um, they've, they've gotten a lot of in, things invested in it. They don't trust the cars yet. And so uh, it'll take a while for people to warm up to it. But I think there's a tipping point somewhere along the way that it definitely shifts into high gear. And so this will be kind of this exponential growth curve of acceptance. Um, but uh, so how long will auto insurance companies survive? How long will the rental car agencies survive? Um, even if you have a driving school, how well, how long will that survive? All of these things need to, to be factored in because there's, there's people that are invested in being able to drive because that's their form of income right now. Um, so they don't want these things to go away just yet. Uh, so somehow we have to figure out how to adapt people to new positions as a result of this. But the uh, buggy whip manufacturers didn't want automobiles to come into being either because they wanted to protect the uh, uh, the whip business, right? Yeah, yeah, they weren't a very influential force, though. <laughs> <laughs> Dale, I see you chafing at the bit. I know you want to jump in with a couple of questions for Thomas. I just, you know, it makes me think, before our time, I heard somebody allude to this, but, but a, a time in history when people had to relinquish to autonomy was the elevator in that when elevators were first created they had an ele a person who was in the elevator managing that elevator going up and down and all of a sudden that person went away and all you had to do is push a button and the elevator autonomously stopped at the floor you wanted it to stop at and that was a change for people to get used to but ultimately they did so 
as, yeah, as the one, species, we've got a, a little bit of experience with this. Yeah, by one count, 100 years ago, we had 265,000 elevator operators in the United States. Um, now, all of those jobs over the past 100 years have gone away. Now, the, the one job that hasn't gone away is that of the elevator repairman. Right. So we, uh, we have to develop a repair culture around all this technology, and we haven't been very good at uh, keeping up with all that. So we're introducing all this new technology, and a lot of it's going to have to be fixed. Now, the autonomous cars are going to have to be cleaned. Now, what that cleaning looks like and how we can automate that, I mean, we're going to have problems with, uh, uh, with kids getting sick in cars. We're going to have problems with people bringing their dogs in cars. Um, how do we keep all of that? How do we take care of all those problems? And then the cars have to go through some scheduled maintenance and repair. Uh, tires have to be replaced, that sort of thing. Um, we'll have to schedule that in. So what does that look like? And I mean, this is all uh, virgin territory. We haven't figured all these things out yet. Thomas, let me ask you this. Uh, yeah, let me, Thomas, let me ask you this. Uh, as a futurist, uh, as the guy who's referred to as the dean of futurists, I, I mean, do you ever just sit back and kind of close your eyes when you're alone and when it's not your job and just imagine what this, what this thing is going to look like 25 years from now? Yeah, I, I try. I spend a lot of time because, see, my dream car is no car at all. Right. Um, I don't want to have to own a car. I, I, there's, and, you know, young people growing up, they're going to be the early adopters, the teenagers. They don't, uh, what, I don't have to get a driver's license. I don't have to pay for auto insurance or make car payments. Yeah, sign me up. And And the cost of transportation is just literally going to plummet. I mean, it's... Uh, I've heard numbers from $0.07 cents a mile to $0.28 cents a mile uh, to some business models where it's free. It's free to, to ride in these driverless cars. And, and it's going to be free to drive in driverless cars as long as you're willing to watch the ads and listen to the ads, correct? Well, they say it's not an ad-based one, but um, they wow. may have ads on the outside of the cars, so uh, I don't know. We, we may have cars that are sponsored by Coors and Molson or Jack Daniels, and so we have need <laughs> uh, a drink and drive then. <laughs> is, 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 is there a link where people can access the 25 shocking predictions about uh, driverless driverless autos and also how can people sign up for that weekly newsletter i i find that i I think it's on sunday that it pops into my email inbox if i'm not mistaken and i get a lot of stuff and a lot of stuff just automatically goes to junk or gets deleted yours is saved and at the earliest possible moment every single week i mean there is something valuable uh in the information that you send me How, how, how does somebody get on the list um, just go to futuristspeaker.com. Yes. Um, I have all my columns that I write, I put on, on there. And, uh, and each week we try to dive into something new. Uh, you can sign up for uh, the, the newsletter there, and you can read any of the columns. And so it's, there's lots of great information. Uh, there, there, there is, and I'll tell you what, I, uh, I, I count on receiving it every week, and it always challenges me, and there's never been a week where I, I haven't learned something that I'm going to be able to somehow use. Dale, do you want to kind of wrap up what we've heard Thomas talk about today and uh, kind of give some clarity and a few points to it? Absolutely. I think uh, what we've heard today is we are uh, really 
on the precipice looking ahead into a future that is going to drastically change as thomas said it's going to be uh, autonomous vehicles are going to be the most disruptive technology that the uh, human race has ever seen uh, because of what's coming down the pike changes in everything from the fact that we won't need to have a car in our garage to the fact that uh, we're going to see municipalities have to figure out a new way to fund so much because guess what? Autonomous vehicles don't break the law. So speeding tickets, <laughs> police forces, it all changes dramatically. So Thomas, it's been a fascinating conversation. Thank you so much for your time today. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on. Now, just keep in mind that New York City in 2015 brought in $1.9 billion from traffic violations. All of that's going to go away. Wow. <laughs> $1.9 billion from traffic violations. Yeah, and that's a right. lot of bad karma. Uh, there's <laughs> nothing, Thomas, nothing <laughs> we, we, we love your work, and I urge everybody who watches or listens uh, to this podcast, to the Game Changers, uh, uh, to go to the site and, and to sign up and to, to get the newsletter and, uh, and, and enjoy and use your work. I thank you very much for our time together today. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. This has been great. Absolutely. All right, gentlemen, with that, we're going to sign off for this edition of The Game Changers. Once again, Thomas Fry, it is the Da Vinci Institute. Be sure to check out the website to subscribe to that newsletter. It is futuristspeaker.com. And this is The Game Changers. Jason Jennings is the author who USA Today calls one of the three most in-demand business speakers in the world. Find out how you can arrange to have Jason keynote your next event at jason Jennings.com. This is the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. Have a great week. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at Jason. Dash Jennings.com. <laughs>